Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. So welcome. We have one of my most favorite people on the podcast today. Jackie Brewster's in the house. Yeah, yeah. She's incredible. I don't know if you have a person in your life who's just like a sage, and that is Jackie. She is so wise. She's so fun. And... I'm just excited to learn from her today, and I hope you feel blessed by her as well. She is a certified Enneagram coach. She's an author of a couple of books that she's going to talk about. So we're stoked to have her on the show today. But before we get to her interview, we want to tell you about a special little something. Absolutely. We just opened registration for our Refinest Weekend Experience, July 7th through the 9th, coming up here in a few months. And as we travel and speak at different churches, all of the venues that we speak in are more than 12 couples. (laughs) And so uh, this weekend was really born out of our heart to connect with couples and help them experience life and marriage transformation in a very real and tangible way. And so we created this weekend about 10 years ago, and twice a year we host couples here in Indianapolis. We eat meals together. We spend time together. It's an intimate experience for you and your spouse to connect with God and to connect with each other. Now, it fills up fast. It really does because it is intimate. It's only 12 couples. We've already had people register. And the exciting news is we're still in the early bird stage of registration. And so if you are interested, I want to encourage you to get on the website, refinest.org slash weekend, and you will actually get $100 off with, uh, what is the code? The code is early bird. (laughs) I know that's super creative. I love it. So go to refinest.org slash weekend, and we can't wait to see you this July 7th through the 9th at the Refinest Weekend Experience. Without any further delay, welcome to episode 16 of the Let's Get Real podcast with Jackie Brewster. So Jackie, thanks so much for being on the Let's Get Real podcast today. So grateful that you took some time to spend with us. Oh, I'm so excited to be with you guys. I just love you guys. So this is going <laughs> to well, be fun. We have been friends for over 10 years. Yes. Uh, the first time we met you was on the back porch of our senior pastor's house. And yes. all I remember from that night is literally laughing hysterically to like one in the morning with you guys. Oh my gosh. What I remember about that night is your sweet baby twins. (laughs) They were so little. So tiny. Mm -hmm. They were so tiny. And I remember you saying, you got to watch out for that one. She'll scratch you. Like (laughs) (laughs) that was hope. She was, she had these little casts on and Uh I remember she took to me and she fell asleep on me and I just Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's my girl. So (laughs) Yeah, so we, you guys, they're 14. So that's just nuts. That, that's, that's like, and they were babies. They were eight months old or something like that. So it has been a long time. Yeah. 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 So we have done a lot of life together. We've, we're yeah. going to talk about it a little bit, but um, we've experienced a little bit of trauma together. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have. But for those of us that, that may be listening today that don't know you, don't know your family, tell us a little bit about you and your husband, Stephen, one of my favorite people in the world. Oh my goodness. Kids. He's kind of great, isn't he? he is. um, I do love my husband. So I am uh, am an Enneagram coach, um, experiential specialist. And, you know, people are like, what is that? I just help people get into their stories through different modalities, um, author and speaker. We live outside of uh, Nashville in a small town called Franklin, like right downtown, like five minutes away from the, the coziest 
little hometown ever. Um, I love where we live. We have four children. Two of them are like adults, which I cannot believe, That's right? Crazy. I cannot believe that we've are launching children. Um, and my twins are 14. And so they, they head into high school next year. So my husband is, um, in the music business and has a thriving company, does all kinds of fun stuff. Um, we host lots of dinners and we love to gather people. It's probably one of our favorite things that we get to do. You know, um, it probably would have been helpful for Stephen and I to know our Enneagram number, uh, back when we first started working <laughs> together, because yes. I think a lot of people, we, we were always cool with each other, but I think yeah. a lot of people that surrounded us thought we hated each other because we were, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an eight, he's a three. Huh? And so we were, we were very passionate about our position and defended yes. it to the death. And Which is funny like, because you're an eight and I'm a three. And so, yeah, yeah. I, so, But it was funny because, you know, Stephen and I would yell at each other in a meeting and uh, people would be like, oh my gosh, are you guys going to like go to blows? We're like, no, we're going to lunch. You want to come? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he loves you. You guys are his favorites too. Oh. Um, he says that all the time too. Like, man, if we only had this tool years ago, it would have helped so much. Oh. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, you came out with a brand new book called The Enneagram mm -hmm. in Your Marriage. And before we dive into that, we would just love to know your story of like, how did you find your way to have this passion for the Enneagram? Yes. So years ago when the twins were babies, uh, my girlfriend who shall rename, you know, she's going to remain nameless. I never name her. She probably wouldn't even care. But um she and I took our kids for a, a walk and hers, her daughter was a year older than my twins. And my twins were two at this time. And, um, my twins were little, like when I say little, like little tiny babies, mm. they just were skinny and I don't know, little. <laughs> and so I had this double runner and I thought that was a great idea. I really thought this is going to be fabulous. Um, it wasn't, but I thought it was going to, I thought I'd get a lot of runs in and that didn't happen either. Um, <laughs> Still hasn't, uh, but they, so we decided to take the kids for a walk. And so she, her little girl is sitting in her stroller and you guys, it's probably like, she's got her juice and she's probably got a book that she's reading <laughs> and goldfish. And my twins are literally pulling each other's hair, hitting each other, like beating each other up. And, and then all of a sudden, but they have like their, they had a little twin language and you can just see them. They're just playing in something. And, um, they, they wiggled out of their stroller. They wiggled out of their straps. And then they turned around and looked at me and both slid down the double runner and took <laughs> off in opposite directions. So I look like this crazy person. I look like a, I was. Honestly, Trish, you knew. You guys know me. Trish knew me, like knew me in this season. I was not sane. I was crazy. Um hot tempered, all of it. I was like running after those kids, threw them. I didn't throw them, put them, place them gently in the car. Um, lovingly. Right. Lovingly in the car. It took them home. That night, uh, my girlfriend messaged me and just said, Hey, I ordered you this book. I think you're going to love it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love a good book. Let me get lost in somebody else's, you know, reality. That's not mine. I can't. Yes. So a couple of days later, I get this book in the mail and it has this weird symbol right? And it's the Enneagram, the wisdom of the Enneagram. And I'm like, what is this? This is not a novel. This is not some romance story I can get lost in. <laughs> and I started to read it and I'm like, oh, she's trying to fix me. And so that was the beginning. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm so thankful for it. Like, yes, I needed to be fixed. I needed a lifeline. I needed help. But that was the beginning of the journey of this. Like, I remember it as specific as I tell you this story. I remember it like that because it was a life changing tool that, that finally said words back to me about myself that made me feel like I wasn't crazy. Um, Mm. there was a line in it, um, that said for the Enneagram seven, um, frantic escapism. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm. this is how I feel. This is how I feel. Now you guys, it's in the lower level of health. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm like level seven of the health, you know, I was not healthy at all, but at least it, I, I read those words and thought, this is how I feel. And I can, I can start to make sense of how I got here. I feel like this because I feel overwhelmed. I feel alone. I feel scared. I feel, I mean, alone is the, probably the biggest word that I could say that I felt like in that season of my life was just alone. Um, and so that was the beginning of the Enneagram. Like, tell me more about myself. Let me make sense of this. And then I've done a ton of therapy, tons, hours and hours and hours of therapy, intense work um, to just kind of uncover and discover more about myself, why I do what I do work in our, we've done a lot of family work. We've done a lot of marriage work, tons of marriage work. And so the tool of the Enneagram became, um, a resource that made sense to me, um, started to help me put dots together of my life, but also my husband's and, um, you know, my children as they've gotten bigger too. And so from there, when Steve and I were going to launch our own business a couple years back, he said, Hey, I really think that you should go get certified as an Enneagram coach. You're passionate about this. This lines up with your skill set. I think you should do that. And there's so much to my story, right? I can't, you know, I can't even tell you in this little, this podcast today, but there's so much to my story. But in that moment, I felt seen, I felt heard and I felt understood by my husband. I felt like mm-hmm. you see me and you're willing to put money into something that matters to me. Mm. And it, um, it made me feel celebrated rather than tolerated. And I feel like I lived a lot of my life tolerated. And Mm. so that was a huge piece of, of like, um, getting into the Enneagram and then the journey inside of that. So from there, it's just what I do today. Mm. It reminds me when uh, Justin and I, uh, you know, our listeners have been familiar with our story and, one of the things that our uh, counselor said to us that's always stuck with us is you can't heal a wound you don't give a name to. That's right. And I remember there's, it's so interesting. God is just so good in his kindness. And I remember two things that came to mind when you were sharing your story. Uh, The first was you and I walking in the woods and it kind of makes me emotional. And I don't know if our children were there. They were. We weren't paying attention to them because I don't remember their presence. You guys are such great moms. We are amazing moms. We should moms. team up on a mom yeah. book. But you, Listen, they're, they're alive. All right. <laughs> but I do think that there are people that are in the thick of that season of mm-hmm. knowing that they have a passion and they're in a season that maybe hasn't allowed them to unlock that just mm-hmm. yet. And I yes. remember us walking in the woods, we, you know, living in Nashville, Tennessee, and you just said, I just know that God has a unique calling for me. Like he's going to use all of this. He's going to use the, I mean, you didn't say specifically the girls running from, <laughs> running <laughs> from you, but like you could see down the road how God is going to use this. And I remember a couple of years ago, you came, you guys came to Indianapolis for a work event. And so 
I don't know, we came over to your Airbnb and I was like, Jackie, can we talk about this thing called the Enneagram? Like, what are you doing with your life, girl? Like, what are we? And I'm like, I don't understand the Enneagram. And you said something that was just so profound. You said the Enneagram is a tool. It is not a a weapon and it's not an excuse. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) Then you began to unpack like what an Enneagram three is. And I was like, well, shoot, dang, (laughs) like this is like, okay. But it did just exactly what you were saying in that moment. It did the same thing for me. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I understand myself and I feel seen. And I feel Mm -hmm. like how my counselor said, like, I have a language to talk about all that I'm feeling. It was such a powerful moment for me. So mm, good. I love that. Jackie, so I've done the disc profile. <laughs> I've done strength finders. I'd, I've done Myers-Briggs. Um, I did a personality test years ago that identified people as lions, otters, golden <laughs> right. retrievers, beavers. beavers. Yes. And then you get to the Enneagram. And obviously, if you haven't caught on yet, um, if you're still listening, uh, the Enneagram <laughs> is all about numbers, right? So there's numbers mm-hmm. one through nine. Mm-hmm. Um but it also has a level of scrutiny attached to it for, for some reason. Like in some circles, some Christian circles, there's a level of scrutiny that's attached to the Enneagram that may not be attached to Myers-Briggs. Or, but it is really a, a tool to understand, but it's not a Christian tool. It can be leveraged by Christ's followers, though. Could you kind of talk a little bit about that, of the differences between the Enneagram and maybe another strength finders or whatever, and then how you kind of use it uh, to mm-hmm. help people unlock who they are? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is very different than strength finders, Myers Briggs, all of those, which are great personality tests for different different facets of interests, right? Different job descriptions and things like that. So the Enneagram is actually an incredible tool to uncover and discover more about yourself, and it gives you a growth track. So the Enneagram is mm-hmm. different. Whereas I'm not trying to put you in a box; I'm actually trying to expose the box that you've put yourself into uh, by the patterns of behavior that you've developed throughout your life. So as early as the age of two, we start to begin to develop these patterns of behavior and they are around, how do I keep myself safe? How do I get love? And how do I get my needs met? And so those, those are like cradle to grave kind of, um, patterns, right? From birth, we come out and immediately like, how do I get love? How do I get my needs met? And how do I keep myself safe? I'm going to scream. I'm going to cry. I'm going to try to get my caretaker to see me and, and give me what I need. So as around, you know, at the age of two, terrible twos, treacherous threes, all the things. We had lots of numbers <laughs> all the way up <laughs> with all kinds of names all the way up. Yes. Um, but through all of that, you're watching patterns of behavior. How do I get these needs met? And so the Enneagram really unpacks that. How did you learn to get your needs met throughout your life? Um, the Enneagram is a personality typing system. So if you take a test, it's about 75% accurate because it's not a blood test, just like any test you take. That is personality driven. It's not going to be a hundred percent. So I always say, I don't want you to take tests like this and then write all the information on sticky notes and stick it all over yourself and then start to act this, this out, use it as an excuse, use it as a weapon, whatever. I want you instead to take off those sticky notes and look at them and begin to ask yourself, where did this pattern come from? Where did this first start? Is this working for me? We repeat what we don't repair. And so we want oh, to man, really pay attention to, to like, what is repetitive? What do we keep seeing cycling? What are we blaming other people for? And then 
you know, what maybe do we have to take ownership of inside of that cycle? Because we will repeat what we don't repair. And so, um, and I love what your therapist says. I often say like, you've got to name it to tame it. So you've got to become aware of what it is that feels out of control, big, scary, whatever it is, hurtful, all of it, um, and then begin to work through it. And so the Enneagram gives you a tool. This is it to help you to, to go into those places. If you're willing, um, it is not a Christian tool. Lots of different religions use it. Um, it is not mystical. It is not weird. It is overlaid by psychology. That's what it is. And so we're just really unpacking patterns of behavior. Just in a I know Trish has a question, but just as you were talking, um, would you say it's millennials and Gen Z are more in tune or aware of it? Or do you see a lot of different age people kind of, I mean, I know Ian Morgan Crone is not necessarily uh, a Gen Z. He's, He's definitely older, but um, what, what is your um, thoughts about generational? Do you see that? So, uh, I, I think the big uptick of awareness is, is, um, younger, but this has been around for a long time. Okay. So if you get into different rooms or groups of people that have been studying this for a long time, they, they are gray haired like me, older <laughs> than me. <laughs> I just dye it blonde. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Hey, why do you think I shaved mine? That way you can't see the gray. Right? Um, But if I look at my analytics, if I'm just kind of like based off of that question, if I look at my analytics on socials, um, it is like from the age like 13 up to 65. Um, I catch all of that. And there's a heavier there's a heavier amount and that um, like, I don't know if it's like 22 to 35 range. It's heavier right in there. But I catch all of that. So, you know, being a dyslexic, anytime we talk about numbers, it stresses me out a little bit. <laughs> um, but I think when people hear about the Enneagram, it is, it, I don't know why. And you may correct me on this to be like, Trish, <laughs> it's just you, babe. And that's fine. But I, there's something like overwhelming about the Enneagram because of how all the numbers interact and like trying to figure out how, how to understand it. Could you give like a, a simplistic overview of the different types? Sure. I can. <laughs> Maybe just a one word, like even statement that just helps people go, well, what does even a number mean? So right. like number one, what does that even mean? Well, we all know what number eight means. Jerk. Yes. Oh, it no, does not. No, it does not. not. You're going to make her mad saying that. No, no. You don't make me mad. Uh, you, no, eight is not a jerk. I coach lots of eights. I... Nope. I love all the numbers, but eights are one of my favorite. Cause when they come to me, they're ready. They're like, tell me. And, yep. and I don't have to sugarcoat. I don't sugarcoat anyways, <laughs> but I definitely don't have to sugarcoat. Um, so yeah, so there is a lot of numbers. It does, it does uh, feel overwhelming. I think sometimes when you first, you know, engage with the Enneagram or you just start reading about one number that you came up as a test. And so that's it. What actually happens within the Enneagram system is that you have access to five different numbers, five numbers of the nine. Um, There is the number that is your dominant number. Mm -hmm. And then you have the numbers to the right and to the left are your wings. So you guys, I think about it like a bird. The wings have to be attached to the bird, which is your dominant number. You cannot be a three with an eight wing. It does not work. Okay. (laughs) But people are always trying to tell me different wings. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) 
So the numbers to the right and to the left of your wings, and then you have a, a number that you move towards stress and a number that you move towards growth. And so there are a lot of numbers. There's a lot to learn. I feel like I've been studying this thing for a lot of years and I am always learning and digging and, and finding new parts of it that are so fascinating to me. But if we just look at the numbers, right? So the Enneagram one is the moral perfectionist um, or the reformer. Some people like that better, but they really care about being, um, being seen as good in the eyes of other people. They really want to make, they don't want to make mistakes. Um, they want to be good, you know? So that's a big focus of them. Like I want to do things right. And I want to do it right the first time. Um, the Enneagram two is the, um, you guys might have to help me. <laughs> Let me get my little chart. I know is, is it servant hearted one or caring? Um, it is servant uh, helper. I like the supportive advisor better. Ooh, I like, I that, like one. that. I was supportive shooting at the top of my head. I don't have a chart in front of me. I was just I know. Advisor. I just pulled mine out. So I'm like, I usually can just run through this, but then I start to second guess myself. Um, so the supportive advisor is the Enneagram too. And they, they care about relationships and connection and they really want to know that they're wanted and needed or loved. Um, they, it's not or loved in loved, but I, I'm always cautious to say that depending on different environments. So in work it's wanted and needed in a relationship it's wanted and loved. Hmm. Um, so that is a huge focus of attention is on connection. So the Enneagram three is the determined achiever. They focus on, on success. They focus on, on, um, you know, they want to, they want to be admired. They want to do things that uh, are important and they, they chase that stuff. They're like, um, I want to make a difference in the world. And so Enneagram threes, that driven. I remember like fighting you on this, like, and you weren't like, Trisha, you're three, you're three. You Uh -uh. were listening to my stories and you were listening to Mm -hmm. like, the box my stories put me in and I'm like, and I am not only am I a three, I am like, I use my wings like hardcore. We fly a lot with my <laughs> yes. four and my two, but you said something that I was like, which I think is like you said with the Enneagram, you're always discovering things, mm-hmm. but you, I'm like, I'm not an achiever. I don't, I'm not a competitive person, but I am a hardcore rule follower. Like I, I do want people to think I'm doing a good job. And so it was very interesting how important words are because mm-hmm. sometimes we can frame words in a way that you're like, well, that's not me. But then when you dig, you know, deeper into it, you're like, oh man, okay. You know, and I don't know why for me, I think in Christian circles growing up, you know, in my young twenties in church culture, very much as a woman in ministry, you were kind of put in the lane of a two of like, right. and so that's a three was like a dirty word. <laughs> like, wait, right. wait, I can, yeah. you know, so. Don't you think that most people, when they learn their number, they want to be another number or uh, they, they look at the negative, not most, but I'm yes. saying a lot of people look at the negative aspect of their number and see that as the predominant yes. aspect of the yes. personality. I, yes, I do think that we are all drawn right to the negative and then we feel exposed and then we want to shut the book and hide it and pretend <laughs> we never took that test. Right, right, <laughs> right. I did not take that test. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so yes, I do think like that. I think certain numbers want to be different numbers for sure. Other numbers don't care. Like um, fours. Yeah. Fours. I mean, well, some, some people don't want to be fours. Really? Like I've got okay. some clients that don't want to be fours. They've fought me on it and I'm like, well, we can, I mean, okay, you can be whatever you want. We interrupted you. What's the four? Yeah. Um, that's good. Yes. Good. 
Good job bringing me back. <laughs> Enneagram four, the romantic individualist. And so they are focused on, they are focused on authenticity and acceptance. So the Enneagram four, they struggle with this feeling of like, I don't quite fit in. Like, I don't know if these people really like me. And so they, they really do struggle with some rejection, just the fear of rejection. Mm. So the Enneagram four, they really, really want to know that they're accepted as they are. However, they oftentimes do not feel like that is true and they can even fight against it. Hmm. Um, so the Enneagram five is the investigative thinker. Um, the, they are fascinating to me. They are, they have like fun, fast paced minds, witty, um, interesting, you know, fantasy. There's a, there, I just, there's just fascinating to me. Hmm. Um, but they, they, uh, really want to know that they're safe in the world. Um, and they oftentimes kind of pull in and retreat into themselves. They gather information. They try to figure out how to uh, make their needs as small as possible so they can take care of themselves and they don't have to go outside of themselves for support. Mm. So the Enneagram five, um, they, they're really, really fascinating to listen to because they, they typically know a lot of information, mm. um, about a lot of different subjects. Mm. So it's always interesting. Yeah. The Enneagram six is the loyal guardian. The Enneagram six has two different ways that they show up. So they are um, passionate people. They are also relational people and they typically want to move towards an institution belief system or group of people that they feel like they can put their support in because they really want to know that they're safe and secure in the world. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a phobic in a, um, in a counterphobic type of six. And so I think it's important to say, cause I get, hit like I get asked about it a lot or like why didn't you say the other side of this so <laughs> you're telling you guys both sides okay? um, but there's the the counterphobic or the phobic is more anxious you're going to see a more anxious um, disposition uh, more cautious more let me ask a lot of questions let me vet this really well and then the the counterphobic is the one that is like um my, I'm nervous about something, or maybe I'm, I'm scared of red balloons. I'm going to go fill my car with red balloons, go sit in there and I'm going to conquer that fear. So they move towards their fear. They move into it. They can feel a lot like an eight and get mistyped as an eight often. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then like, let's talk about the number that everybody wants to be right. (laughs) Which of course, Jackie is, everybody wants to be a seven because if we do, we all move to the negative. I don't know why, except for the seven, when it comes to the seven, we see that as the party person. Everybody does. Everybody wants to be the fun, you know, go with the flow, whatever you, you can do it better than I can. Yeah. So the Enneagram seven is the energetic enthusiast and they do, they want to have a good time, upbeat, happy, positive. Um, they really want to know that they're going to be taken care of at an emotional level. However, they fear that that's never going to happen. And so they figure out how to make themselves okay. And so the, the pain that sits below the seven, nobody sees, they only talk about the fun side. Mm, Um, so it's really, it's really interesting when you start to dig into it, but they, you know, they are your positive, happy, upbeat, Let's get this thing done, kind of people. Which and now, you know, when you think get, about let's get it, to the eight. Oh, I'm just saying, don't like, challenge me. If birds have wings, <laughs> then that fun seven has an eight wing. Yeah. So, yes. like, see, there's some good yeah. connected to the eight. Yeah. It means that you got some what seven in it. <laughs> you got some oh, seven. I, I, right yes. now, he definitely has some seven. See? Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Which. <laughs> 
The Enneagram 8 is the protective challenger. They are bold, strong, assertive, um, fierce protectors of the people that they care about. Um, they, You do oftentimes feel the presence of an 8 when they walk into a room. Um, and I, it's not bad, you guys. Like no. it is, there's beauty in the 8. And so the power that that is behind the 8, um, they are big picture thinkers. And so they see a big picture, they want to go after it, and they oftentimes <laughs> can figure out how to do that and make that happen. So you know, cheers to the eights. Like that's right. If you, if you have a seven wing, you see, you see, they are visionaries. So now you are a big picture visionary. So you better watch out. Who has fun, which, you know, that is just so spot on. And then there's the nines. The nines are like who we all want to aspire to be. (laughs) That's how I feel about the nines. I'm always, I feel like I'm always a little bit too much for them, but (laughs) Here we go. <laughs> the Enneagram Nines, the peaceful mediator, uh, the peaceful mediator. So I oftentimes think of an uh, an owl when I think of a nine because they sit on top of the Enneagram and they can see all sides of a situation. They're really good mm. um, in in uh, like crisis situations. They're really good and um, tough conversations because they do see both sides. They want to lobby for both sides. They really want everybody's voice to be heard, and they they really. Um, wish that that would be true in all environments. They do oftentimes, uh, you know, retreat when chaos and confusion enter the picture because they don't really love that at all. Um, but they are typically so kind and, um, caring and patient, um, and warm and gentle, all the things, all the nice words. We, right? we laugh when, when we hear all the numbers, because in our family, which you have a big family too, mm-hmm. but with our biological kids, our adopted kids and our daughter-in-laws, we literally represent every number except for seven. Mm-hmm. And so we are like, and so when you describe them, it's so perfectly describes, but yeah. I will say, and this is where I, I would love to kind of close our time with is it's, it's the Enneagram has been such a helpful tool for me to understand my family. And, mm-hmm. um, something we say all the time is to not take things personal when they feel personal, like, you know, mm-hmm. like the peacekeeping nine in our family isn't, you know, trying to not take sides. They, he can just see all of them. You've mm-hmm. really seen the Enneagram play a huge role in your marriage relationship. Um, could you share kind of your story of, you know, how that's changed for you and Steven. Yes. I mean, the Enneagram awareness that we have gained has changed the way that we communicate. A lot of the the work had to be done individually. Um, I needed to understand myself so that um, I didn't take things personally that were not personal. That is very good and very true. I had to understand that he is a workaholic. He's a three. He is a workaholic. As much work as he's going to do around his number, I don't know that he's going to give that up. So I'm not, <laughs> I have stopped the fight. Okay. I have stopped the fight. Um, but I started to recognize like, his, the way that he loves me is different than the way that I need to receive love. And so if I, if I can communicate what I need from him and he has done his work and he's got, he's in a posture that he can receive that, um, then it's not an attack. So I need to know that I am going to, you know, that I'm going to be taken care of from an emotional place as an Enneagram three, the threes are, they function in two modes, either feelings or, or function. Like that's it. They, they're either in their feelings mode or they're in function mode. 
Um, but for them to be in both, it doesn't, it doesn't really exist very often because that can be overwhelming for them. My husband functions in function mode most of the time. And so to get him into feelings has taken lots and lots of therapy, lots and lots of work. Um, but we understand this now. So even today he was, we, we office kind of, I really take over the office, but we have <laughs> desks in the same room. And so he was in here for a couple of minutes this morning and I was like, Hey, and da, 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 da. I was trying to talk to him about something and he's in the middle of work. And I'm like, Oh, I'm doing that thing. Like I'm trying to get you to connect with me and you're in the middle of working. And so that, that's not fair. I'm sorry that I'm trying to get you off track. Like I'll talk about it with you later. Now, Young Jackie, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, so that takes precedent. All of that work is always more important. You know, you can see my head shaking all of it. Um, the more mature Jackie <laughs> understands that that is not what's happening. And so we have learned to attune to each other because we understand each other. We understand each other's heart longings. We understand in the unconscious childhood messagings, the hurt behind our stories, um, the healing work that we've done. And it has beautifully, um, I don't want to say that it's beautifully transformed. It has been a tool that has helped us beautifully transform mm. our marriage. I love that. I love that. Jackie, we could go on for another hour or so just because um, you're just so wise and you have so much um, just to share around this. I'm, I have like six questions I didn't even get to, but I know we have a hard stop here. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about the book where people can find it. We're going to put a link to it in the show notes, but you know, you had a heart to really unlock some of these things for other couples too. When you wrote the book, um, Enneagram in your marriage. I do. Yeah. So the Enneagram in your marriage, you can buy anywhere books are sold. It's on Amazon, um, Baker books. It's uh there's a discount on it. I think it's like 30% off on christianbooks.com or something like that. I That's should know awesome. better, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can buy it anywhere. And my passion behind this is for people to find deep emotional connection that uh, will stand the test of time in relationships. Steve and I have been married for 24 years uh, and we, it has not been roses and sunshine. It has been a tough road, you guys. Um, but I'm telling you, it's worth the work. It's worth mm. the work. And so I want other couples to know that and maybe not have to have such a hard road. Um, and maybe this tool could be, could be a helpful place for them. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom. I, I introduced this podcast with you being a sage and you've, you just are, and we're, the world is better because of you. And we're just so grateful. Aww. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Man, what an incredible conversation with Jackie. She and her husband, Stephen, have been safe people for Trish and I. They have been dear friends. We have traveled a lot of life together. And when you pick up the Enneagram and your marriage, it is going to speak directly into your life. Uh, she is going to feel like you're having coffee with a good friend as you read the book. So I can't recommend it enough. It's in the show notes, and you can uh, pick up a copy off of Amazon. Hey, don't forget, Refinest Weekend is happening fast. July is going to be here before you know it. July 7th through the 9th. This weekend will transform the heart of your marriage. And so... Be sure to get on refineus.org slash weekend and register and get that $100 off. We hope to see you there.